What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call! Hey, B! Do you think Sunday Night Football would unflex that if they could, or they, they put the big star 49ers on the big stage and you're always going to win doing that? I, I, I got a couple uh, people that I follow from the Eagles, you know, or just cover the Eagles, that said the best decision the NFL has made in a long, long time was flexing this bad boy out a couple weeks ago, mid-Eagle Seattle game. It was, you know, we, we got it locally, which I was, it was one of those, like, before, as you're kind of waking up, you're like, oh, Seattle, Philly. And then about yeah. halfway through, you're like, oh, this isn't that great. It really was not a great day of football. No. Uh, we'll talk about the Raider yeah. game later. That um, <laughs> Hold on, I got the... They win? They win? I got the score here somewhere. Hold on. find it but yeah. uh was not a great day of football but the Niners looked fantastic how many wins the Niners have now guy okay? is it 10 it's 10 yeah <laughs> yeah what, it's what, 10 what what is it uh Jan- uh, November 24th <laughs> they got 10 wins on November 24th it's pretty wild man <laughs> it's pretty wild <laughs> in my wildest dreams this is one of the crazier I I, I almost tweeted this out and I, you're a good person to ask do you think of the most improbable Niner seasons, let's just go the last 10 years, and there's two of them that stand out, this one or Harbaugh's first year with that team? And and someone corrected me. I said they got the one seed. They actually got the two seed. Remember, Eli Manning had beaten the Packers. That's why the Niners got the second home game mm-hmm. uh, that year at Candlestick. But still, they were 13-3, and two seed, which for them felt like 19-0. and <laughs> Yeah. They had been shitty forever. First York playoff game. Or this, where I think we thought they were going to be good, but you and I, if you said 10 and 1, we'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Maybe like 7 and 4. Right. 10 and 1. Yeah. And just kicking the shit out of people on primetime games. So I think the 2011 team is more improbable for two reasons, but then I'll give you a couple counters. The first would be that, like, Jimmy Garoppolo got signed to a massive contract extension and had won a bunch of football games. We thought Alex Smith's career was 
over in San Francisco and that him doing the Niners a solid by running their like workouts during the holdout was cool and all, but they were going to have to find another quarterback. San Jose, remember? That's right. It was Jim Harbaugh's first – I mean, it was his first year. Like, I knew coming into this year Kyle Shanahan was a good football coach. Now, whether or not he'd won enough games or whether or not he'd be able to overcome some of the mistakes they'd made in personnel, obviously a lot of hits. Uh, but I knew Kyle Shanahan was a good football coach. Jim Harbaugh, I'd only watched him coach at Stanford, so that part of it was crazy. And they did go 13. It's not like they went 10-6. and six. They went 13-3. and three. Now, you could counter that and say, well, here's the Niners' last few years. Four wins, six wins, two wins, five wins. As bad as it was before Harbaugh showed up, they were six wins, eight wins, seven wins in the three years prior. Now, that also been through, like, three coaches because it was – Singletary and Nolan, and then it was Singletary, and then it was Singletary and Tom Sula. So it was a mess. So I, I'm going to go with the 11 team. Uh, you remember the stat that w- winning his coach in, in 49er history, Tom Sula, 1 0? I do remember that stat. That's right. When he, when he took over, when they, they, who did they play in that opener in 15? I think it was the Rams. It was the it was the Rams or the Vikings. Yeah, it was, it was the, Vikings. The, Rams it was the Vikings. It was the Vikings. It was the Vikings. He said 1-0 winning his coach in, NFL, in 49er history. It was above Harbaugh, Walsh, and Seifert. And they were dead. Se- I couldn't believe they put that graphic up. They were having Still fun. to this day. So, sometimes it gets recycled, yeah, recycled yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, it's – yeah, I mean, I, I think if you took a step back – this team was kind of a sexy, you know, playoff type team last year, and I think a lot of people thought they were going to be good this year. That Niner team was that team had sucked for ten plus years, and it's one thing to say they had a bunch of talent, which is true, right? Because after the fact, and we still talk about it in this day, what goes, well, God, he inherited a lot of talent. But it, to me, it was the way they did it. But I would say this: the way this team's doing it, they're kicking the shit out of people physically, which there are some just parallels to it, like. Let's go. We're going to throw it. Did you see the highlight? I'm not really locked into heavyweight boxing, but that Wilder guy just hit him with the jab and knocked the guy out last night. You know, it was uh, like I didn't even – I saw it and then kept scrolling. I didn't even feel enough. I I I didn't care enough. I I just know that – I do respect that. That guy's huge. He's ripped and tall. But, like, the one great part about heavyweight fights are when they hit you with a haymaker – like when Floyd or whatever one of those guys hits you, it clearly hurts. But you get hit with a heavy heavyweights heavy, you know, their best punch or one of their best punches, it's got to hurt more. Like when you get hit by that Harbaugh team or some of Sherman Seattle team, this team kind of has a feel. They're looking to inflict pain. I, I, did you notice today? Maybe it's the Sunday Night Football. Their their microphones are just elite. Yeah. And Mo- I, Monday sounded like this too. Couple year, couple weeks ago, when I watched back the Seattle game, the the sound of the hits are just like whoa. Yeah, yeah, I do think it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's the mics. It's all. I don't think they're hitting any harder than they did in other games. I think it's just a little enhancement. Yeah, like you think if you're just watching the Bengals Steeler game, there are hits in there. They're just NFL. Oh no, I'm just saying. Well, yeah, I mean definitely, but I yeah, I do think that it's a television show, but it is a TV show. Um, I saw a great – before we get further into this game, though, before we go too far down the rabbit hole, let's just tell the people. I saw a great tweet or an Instagram post or something, and it was a woman who said, what are y'all going to wear to the living room on Thursday? I was like, yeah, that's true. You do get a little more dressed up for Thanksgiving, even though you're just in your house like you are for so many other meals in the history of your life. 
Uh, and I thought, well, maybe I'll wear a little untuck it because that's going to look good untucked. It's really a great Thanksgiving because you look nice, but you're not tucked in because you do. The last thing you want to be is tucked in for a Thanksgiving meal. Or, that's or, not allowed. No, guy. not allowed. So untuckit.com, promo code HAM, John, at checkout, 20% off your first order. Well, think about this, guy. We got Christmas coming up. We got the eight or seven or however many nights you guys have, the crazy nights. You got to get some presents eight. for people. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM, 20% off. I got a bunch of shirts taken with me to Hawaii. Haberman will be wearing them around. It just, you'd be crazy if you're not wearing them. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM. They have an actual store down by the Habermans. You can swing by. Maybe he'll make you a cup of coffee or something. Oh, yeah, Union Street. Uh, Union Street. So, but again, you just go to untuckit.com. They got deals. We got, you know, Black Friday. We got a bunch of stuff going on. Check out the clothes, collared shirts, button-ups, you name it. They got it. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM. I'm wearing it. Haberman's wearing it. You need to be wearing it. There you go. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie. This is a big my bookie week because you know what we got is football on Thursday and the way it works with my bookie during Thanksgiving week is they are offering a risk free bet on Bears Lions you just choose a team against the spread the Bears or the Lions up to 250 bucks if you win congrats you got the extra holiday spending money if you lose you win my bookie will give you all of your money back it's a no-brainer. You literally cannot lose. It's no risk. All gravy. Lions, Bears, Thursday. Yeah, big week coming up just with MyBookie in general. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one to get yourself a little bonus. You can also decline the bonus. Uh, it's only, you know, it's 50% now bonus. And uh, to decline it so you don't have to get the rollover. Obviously, we got Thanksgiving games. Everyone, you know, have a little action on Thanksgiving games. But then, guy, we got college, good college football games this week, right? Because rivalry week. So from Ohio State, Michigan to Oregon, Oregon State to you name it, you got it all over the country. And uh, then we got another good slate on, on Sunday of games. Ravens, we got Ravens, Niners, and, and Chiefs, uh, Chiefs Raiders this it's week. Good. Yep. So just get ready to gamble. Risk free bet Thursday. Ham one, ham one at mybookie.ag. Bears Lions. I dare, right. I dare you to bet on the Lions, guy. <laughs> Seems like the easy bet. They're actually, they've been kind of feisty with Jeff Driscoll. Do you, do you feel good about betting on uh, Mitchell? Uh, I did see like three or four fights that went viral at the Bear Stadium today. People just said they're people a little edgy, edgy huh? in there about Mitchell. Yeah. All right, John, let's talk about the Niners-Packers game on Thursday night, uh, Sunday night football, Sunday night football. Wow. I mean, there are a lot of different scenarios I don't think I would have picked quite that level of blowout. One thing we're seeing with this team is, like, they've played down a couple times to the Cardinals, but holy smokes. I mean, 37-8, to I wouldn't have believed that in a million years. One game changer that stuck out to me is when this team's good, one advantage they have is people around here get fucking lit for these night games, you know? And it happened at Candlestick. It obviously happened with Harbaugh at that first year at Levi's. It really hasn't happened much the last couple of years. They don't. They're not getting flexed into games. Remember last year they got flexed out of a couple. It does to me change the stadium a little bit. Like obviously the team's going to be well prepared under Kyle. Obviously he's going to have some wrinkles. Clearly with this team their defense is going to be really good. But there's something about a night game at home when you're a legit franchise that makes it feel like it's hard to beat, man. I mean that place. You don't hear many people talking shit about Levi's. And again, I 
I don't claim to love it just because a location. I, I've never like, oh, the stadium. The stadium's fine. As my my buddy Robbie took us uh, took me to the game a couple weeks ago against Seattle, was saying that the the architect and maybe we've known this forever. I mean, I always knew it because it looked just like it. Was the same guy that drew up the link in Philly. It feels the fucking same. The open deal. It's the same deal. The difference where everyone blows the Philly one is because it's right, you know, in the cool spot where all the other stadiums are. If this stadium was right next to Oracle Park, people would love it. That and the, the, sun, only, again, that and the sun, right. Those are the two biggest complaints. Location and the sun on one side. And the sun, yeah. And the sun. That's, but, and that's that's a fair criticism. Yeah. But there's no sun at night. Yeah, it was awesome. The, when they did, when rocks. they would do shots at downtown San Francisco or there's the Bay Bridge, Oakland on the other side. No, it just was like, yeah, that works. Like, I'm cool with you guys shooting that and then going straight from that shot of downtown San Francisco to Santa Clara to the stadium guy only you know Oakland guy gets mad at that right yeah I'm not even talking about that though although I've made fun of that a lot I just meant like it just went it they they it looked like it belonged a shot of downtown and then a shot of that stadium at night it just they both look sweet is I just mean like it it looked sweet it just looked sweet it was just two shots of sweet looking things back to back um I you know the other thing that's clear man is like Kyle's really good. Jimmy's really good. Kittle, as we predicted on the podcast this week, was going to have a huge game, and he did. It's what hap- it's what's happened to the Packers when they've played some of the best tight ends in the league, and he might be the best of them all. Um, but when they With get a broken lead, foot, are they even at night? Even at night, you can <laughs> guarantee it. People are coming back from the marina, ready to party, ready to go hang out with the bros. John, did you know D Ford was out tonight? Because they still look like the fastest defensive line in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, their, their defense... Or last night, if you're listening to this, now. To me, their defensive line, that first... They kind of set the tone, I thought, that first, like, three or four possessions where it was like, you guys aren't fucking with us tonight. It, it's on, like, Donkey Kong. And then, like, the one thing that they don't do is they don't really take their foot off the gas. I mean, isn't that literally their their whatever motto? All gas, no brakes, or whatever? <laughs> yeah. You know, it sounds kind of cheesy until you're like, God damn, they all are gas, no brakes. It looks like Elon Musk flying down the street in the truck, you know, just hauling ass. Without the flying broken windows. Flying around the F-150 without the broken windows. But in broken fairness, window they, theory. Threw the, they did throw the ball at the window, he claimed, when no one was looking for a while, and it, and it held up. Those D-linemen, what, now, I, I'm always hesitant. Listen, Bosa's established himself as a really good player, but he, the guy he was kicking his ass tonight was the backup right tackle, right? Because Blaga goes out, they put in the backup, and it's just, it's time to go. That That's one of those, and that's the great part about sports. You know, as Belichick said the other night on the NFL 100, Shinzu Art of War said, uh, protect weaknesses and attack strengths. Mm. You know, or, or Wait, something what? like that. You, 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 you want to protect your weaknesses, and you want to use your strengths to attack. It's basically was his mindset. Like, just summing up why he's a good coach because he was named one of the great coaches of all time and they're like how'd you do it he's like well this isn't that complicated you just use your strengths and you use them to attack and you find your weaknesses and you just try to hide them like they don't ask Tom Brady to scramble the 49ers don't ask Nick Bosa to do anything but spread out over the tight end or the tackle and rush and and kick it and same with Buckner and Armstead ideal scheme for them just one gap get up field Listen, Haberman's as big of an Armstead hater as you'll ever meet for was. a long time. 
Was asterisk was. <laughs> I was too. I, I how did Ricky I Waters feel vote. about it that night when he was there with us at that Hooters in uh, but San me, Bruno? But to me, we to me, it's not even about the draft pick guy. I, I thought picking up his fifth year option like a year ago was insanity. I'm like, what are you? I remember texting people the night, "What are you guys doing?" He's like, "Well, Kyle and definitely Robert liked him because in their in his scheme, he thought he'd be a good fit." And I get if you're around him, I think he clearly is a high character guy. People like him, but no one can argue he has been. Dominant this season. He's been better than Buckner, guy, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, everyone talks about Bosa, but you could, if you wanted to sit in front of me and argue that uh, that Armstead has been their best defensive line on the best defensive line in the league, you'd have points. He's getting paid. Like he's his people in his ear. Like Eric, we're getting paid this off season. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be one of those where he's gonna be mad if they franchise him, right? It'll be like I deserve a long-term deal. Right. It's at it's at that level, and, and you even like what would be my argument? Well, he's only done it one season, but his one season was so good. And again, I I would still kind of be not anti Armstead. I would still be hesitant. I'd be like, well, is this the Armstead I get when I give him seventy-five million? But he he's made it. He hasn't just made it a discussion. He's almost flipped. Like if you're gonna keep one of them and you're gonna keep the scheme, do you keep him over Buckner? And Buckner's good. I've even texted some of my buddies in the league. They're like, well, you could argue Buckner's more consistent against the run, but the better pass rusher, your mom, John, can tell who's 91's back there more than 99. It's just, it, it's not that hard to figure out. He's he's an incredible pass rusher in this game. <laughs> and look at the look at the look at the Packers. We we were blowing the pa- the pass rushers all week long, and they're good. But you can take out a pass rusher when you can run it. That was the thing. Like once you get up. That's what makes the Niners pretty special oh. is if they can get a lead, and that's what the Patriots, or not the Patriots, but the Colts used to do, is that's what Bill Polian built his whole thing up. We're going to have leads with Peyton Manning, and then we're going to have Mathis and Freeney, and we're going to come at your ass. And but it's part like, of yeah, the reason like, they well, get you're... the lead is because you can't even run the ball when the game starts, right? That's the added element to this defense. Yeah, because Fred Warren's just crushing skulls. <laughs> John, you that know who's one... second on the team in tackles on Sunday night? You want to take a guess? Uh, I would, Richard Sherman. Dre Greenlaw. You know how many solo tackles Fred Warner had? 11. Yes, all of his tackles were solo tackles. I, I scrolled down. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, he's a good player, you know? Sorry, I, I, you, were, you were making the Colts point. I'm just... I'm, well, yeah. it's different. I'm just saying that was their mindset. And yeah, they only had true. two. Remember, everyone was like, Colts defensive sucks beside those two guys. That's... The Niners sometimes are like, is this defense really that good? Yeah. It, th- that was like seven games of his career. <laughs> they would you, the nine. The thing with the Niners would be like, okay, you throw a quick screen. They got like seven DBs that will tackle. Then you're like, okay, you bypass the defensive line and you get to their linebackers. You got Warner and Greenlaw just flying around. Their, their team speed on defense is not in a million years would I have ever imagined like six weeks ago, guy, that this defense would maintain this level of ass-kicking. Is this sustainable? I mean, it clearly yes. is because they've just sustained it all year long. Yes, so with this personnel it is, they've lost, they've lost like key players and continue to... That's well, the thing. Is, got hurt again tonight. And But they still... It's like you still... You go, all right, well, they got Armstead, they got Buckner, they got Bosa. I mean, Bosa, I, I think he's getting better as the season goes on. Feels that way. I think that's one hundred percent a fact. So I, I how just about Jimmy. How about Jimmy Ward? 
Where does that guy come from? Yeah. And you think Trent Baalke's at home? Like, I picked that guy. Kowalski made he, a couple he's come, plays. He, I mean, Tart made a couple yeah, plays. Did. How about Buckner when Bosa when Bosa sacked when Bosa sacked Rodgers and Buckner, but like they, he wasn't in the grasp and he wasn't down yet. And Buckner came like over the top, like Greg Luganus off the high dive and just went head first into into Rodgers' stomach trying to get the ball out. It, it was just like, he's going to break him in half. Do you know how many yards Rodgers threw for tonight? Johnny was three yards per attempt, which is the lowest of his career. What was the total? 104 yards. He had That's 20 insane. completions and 104 yards. He couldn't push the ball down the field. Well, they couldn't block for him. He looks pretty miserable. They did play up the, pretty heavily, and I get it. It's a television broadcast. This is a television show. You know, they passed on me, and they're going to pay. They're going to remember they passed on me. It's like, right, we get it. Yeah, the Niners passed on him fucking 25 years ago. I mean, I, I mean, is we really got to play that storyline up again? I sound like, you know, just some pissed off typical fan and I'm not, I mean, I don't even care about it, but it's just like, can we just play something else? I mean, Jesus Christ. We just, we just play the hits. I mean, you, you've been a part of these production meetings more than like, do we have to do that? Can we use something else? Could we, could we have used the storyline to me? The storyline is no longer Aaron Rodgers got passed by the Niners. That was 15 fucking years ago. To me, the storyline tonight is like Shanahan and his versus minion or Rogers you know, has been taken advantage of by the Niners over this decade with the good Harbaugh teams. I don't know, something else. Am, am I, is that crazy? Uh, no, I, I think those are good storylines you're adding, but I also think, I also think it is one of the predominant storylines of Aaron Rodgers' career. And we just haven't had big games between these two teams for a few years. And it's not like Aaron was like, well, we'll see what happens. Aaron said, I'm going to make them regret the day that they didn't draft me. And it's the NFL 100, so they've been doing all kinds of historical stuff. Like for all these games, there's been like historical right. stuff. I mean, it's, it's a major so really moment fit. in NFL history. So, yeah, I'm good with it. I'm because to me, it's because we talk about it all the time. What would have happened? We talk about it out of out of the blue for no reason. What if Aaron Rodgers had been a Brown? Let alone what if Aaron Rodgers had been a Niner and Alex Smith had been a Packer? I just it's one of the well that would have been a disaster. Right? Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. So I, I'm good with it. But I also think those other things were. I would have liked to have seen some of the Harbaugh Niner, but you, but you can't show Kaepernick highlights. Probably I don't know, you know. You're right. You, you know you can't. <laughs> so what are they gonna do? Oh my God, Kaepernick looked incredible in this game. Yeah. yeah uh, meanwhile, yeah. here's rap sheet. Yeah, nobody is uh, called. <laughs> or Florio. Who's that? Yeah, it's like Chris Collins. Whatever happened to that guy running the ball? Well, uh, have you been paying attention to the news? Yeah. Good point. I I don't know. I, I'm with you. It, it is a seminal moment. For one of the, but but again, like I get Brady got past six rounds worth of. It's like in 2018, Tom, you got five or six Super Bowls. 20 years ago, like 15 years ago, he's with the Green Bay fucking Packers. He didn't get drafted by the Bengals or the Bucks. He went to the Green Bay Packers, as Vince Lombardi once said, the Green Bay Packers. And he's one of Vince said the name of the team. Where did Vince? What what, what quote is it? Maybe someone else said that. Maybe it was Mike McCarthy two years ago. Remember when they asked him, like, do you take moral victories out of going eight and eight? And he's like, we're the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, that's right. It was McCarthy that said it, actually. Lombardi, McCarthy. (laughs) But I do, I actually, the one funny curveball, and it was even funnier when he was the coach. Now that he's gone, I felt like he's probably at home, like, drinking beer watching this game. 
that they the, the offensive coordinator for the Niners was surely wanted Alex Smith, you'd assume, right? And then the next year he becomes Aaron Rodgers' coach. But he was somewhat lucky. Part of that story that's missing in the puzzle is he didn't have to coach Aaron immediately, right? Because Favre was his quarterback for a couple years. So it wasn't like Aaron didn't have a choice to be mad at him, even though clearly he held that resentment deep down. <laughs> and he still harbors it to this day. Right. Probably stronger than ever. Like if you ask Aaron, why'd you guys lose tonight? The second thing he might say is McCarthy. Yeah, tonight? we ran some of Mike's. Yeah, he'd, be, oh. he'd probably be like, yeah, we, I, I implemented a couple things that we used to do with Mike and yeah, it failed. I, I could see him saying that. What was the story of the game to you? Was it the Niners' offense? Was it their ability to run? Was it just that the Pack? I mean, it, I think what we're talking about is probably the biggest headline, right? Just the Packers couldn't do anything offensively. Yeah, have you, have you seen a more physical team in the NFL this year? Although they ran the ball a little bit. Um, no. no, 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 no. I mean, like we're not New saying England's they're the really, most, but you're just saying like is I'd say New England more be physical. Though? New England on defense is right up there, but their offense isn't quite as physical. That's and part of what makes the Niners. Like, their offense is physical, too. Yeah, and I think part of the reason you can say that, it's not that the Niners football players necessarily are tougher. It's just they have so many freak bodies on their defensive front. Minnesota, I'd say. Their, their front's pretty powerful, and they run the shit out of the ball with Cook, who will run you over. But when you It's swallow, a little more... When you it's sw- star-oriented, though. To me, like, the line, when we talk about war, like, every football coach loves war and history... Like the front lines are the front lines, right? Like, did you get a push? How much of their land did we take? Did we protect our land? Like, the most basic war analogies in football are the offensive and defensive lines. The trenches. And the 49ers are, they're like paratroopers just <laughs> into the backfield. It's crazy. So well, I think that's probably why some of why you feel that way. And they well, and I also and think, they, yeah. Yeah, but, but I, I think it's obviously their defense, but their offense. Think of their physical players, their skill guys on offense. Their best skill guy by far is the most physical tight end, you know, one of them I've ever seen. I mean, he's just a freak show. He's If he can stay healthy, he will have a Gronk-like career, it feels like. he's It's clear Kittle's elite, right? It's mm-hmm. not, you, you don't even, that's not hyperbole at this point anymore. But then, guy, their run game, it's like every guy that they roll out there, their least physical runner is Coleman, and he's pretty physical. But, like, Mostert, lowering his shoulder on contact. And you, you know where else you notice 31? Special teams, lighting guys up, making plays. That guy's a fucking player. He's one, Twitter doesn't acknowledge guys like that because Twitter tells me that Matt Slater's not a Hall of Famer, even though he's going to go to eight straight Pro Bowls. He's the captain of the Patriots. He addresses the Patriots at the end of the game in the locker room. Like, I, yeah, I mean, Belichick just names the guy captain, and Brady has him speak to the team. I, that's not a Hall of Famer. Because I, I think we, a little like basketball with defense, the casual football fan views special teams as like a throwaway. Like it means nothing. Yet it clearly means a shitload. I don't know if and, Matt Slater can be a Hall of Famer. But I, but I, again, I'm not saying he is. I, I just oh, think okay. you could make the argument that he could be. He's going to be an eight or nine time pro bowler, team captain for one of the best teams in NFL history. Uh, he makes fucking big plays in every big game. But again, you're going to judge because he has one career touchdown or one career catch. I get it. But w- what would Belichick say? I don't know. He just kept him on the team and made him a captain for 10 straight years. But that's. But again, I'm not arguing semantics over Slater. It's more just when your team's physical, you feel it on special teams. Remember the Niners on special teams? They used to fucking dominate under Harbaugh. They would crush people. 
They couldn't always catch punts and stuff, but they would cover the shit out of kicks. You notice the Niners on kickoffs and punts? They got guy, bodies flying everywhere. Then Jeff Wilson Jr., this guy comes in. He's just running hard. He's a great. Like, he they, he they, dies for punts. <laughs> he dove for a punt on Sunday night. Do they have a? I mean, do they have like a weakness? They don't really have a soft guy on the team, guy. Because yeah, the I, DBs, think about it. How are you going to be a pussy around Richer? It's clear the standard there is really high. Did you see, remember this? Who was the guy that tried to? Was it Chris Carson today for the Seahawks that went on a touchdown run? That was Penny. Oh, that was Penny. What tackle attempt? Did you know what I'm talking about? He like touched him on the butt. Was he playing two hand touch or was he, he even? Was, it were over his it arms. Was, it, was, it was the worst tackle attempt of Sunday, without question. Well, that the, there, the, well, see, there was a uh, I. Who was the Niners' last touchdown? Was it Mozart or it was Mozart to end kind of be the last touchdown of the game in the fourth quarter? The yeah. Packers quit. They didn't even try to tackle him. They quit. It it wasn't quite as similar because Penny's run was like fifty yards, so you got to see a lot of like full speed bodies. Where I think Mozart's was like fifteen, so it looked a little different, but had a similar vibe of like yeah. If you just we run into each other, maybe I'll attempt, but I'm not going to move my right arm around your backside <laughs> and attempt to bring you down. I felt like the Packers quit in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, well, I mean, they took it. once once your starting quarterback comes out of the football game, as we'll talk about with the Raiders. Game's over, guy. They like right. I mean, once Rodgers is out of the game, what do they? I agree. Are the Packers even if they won this game? I didn't necessarily view them as like a 14 and two team. But I did view them as like 12, 11, 12 wins, like a really good team. And the Niners beat the living piss out of them. So anytime anytime that you get a quarterback like Rodgers and a team that's going to win 11, 12 games and you kick the shit out of them in a big game, like it's not like the Packers weren't taking this thing seriously, right? They this is huge for them. This is a there's a massive swing of these four teams: Minnesota, Green Bay, 49ers, and Seattle. More than likely, those two teams that don't win the division are going to be the five and six seed. As we're recording this, the Rams, I guess, are still technically alive. They can beat the Ravens tonight. But those two teams could win 11, 12 games, and, and the Niners included, and be the five seed, the six seed. That's what's crazy. Like, the Packers are not out of the woods yet. I mean, they were ahead of Minnesota, but they still got to go to Minnesota. It's just... That was an ass whooping of a really, really good team. Of a yeah. team that's, I, I guess, ultimately my point is like the fifth and sixth seed in this conference, like the Packers, Minnesota, Seattle, the 49ers could easily win a couple games, right? It's not going to be, if I tell you Green Bay's the five seed or the six seed and they're in the NFC Championship game, that's believable, right? So we talked about this on the last podcast. I think Minnesota would be believable. Yes, Green Bay. Would Dallas. I think well, they're going to get a home game. They're going to get a home game, so they don't have to win one road game. Yeah. That's a little. That's why you could say, "Is Green Bay the sixth seed really that believable?" They're going to go on the road twice. That's really hard. It is, but they have Aaron Rodgers, and their defense, I think, is, does have a good play. Like <laughs> they're not as bad as the Niners made them look today. Is that the best Kyle Shanahan win of his career, or was the Rams I, win this year more impressive? Uh. I don't know. That's a good. I mean, tonight had to be up there. I mean, that was a road but game, and they, the Rams only scored seven points against. Probably, them. A little, I'd say probably, probably more impressive to beat McVay. Like, are we sure Lafleur is that good? Like, he's not bad, but it, like we talked about earlier, he inherited a really good team. They landed. How about 
How about Kyle tonight? You know, we I, I, I was hard on him over the offseason for some of his asshole tendencies because I do think sometimes, you know, listen, I get Belichick's an asshole with the scouts, but when you're younger, you know, just kind of respect the process. And again, I, I'm biased. And just some of the stuff he does with players. But it's also a great quality to have as a coach. School got literally schooled the first couple drives. And it yeah. was like, how are they going to block 55? And he's, he's giving shout-outs. guy's team captain giving shout-outs to the equipment manager back at home. You're like, God, this is a high-quality guy. And that, I, was I read some really, stories. That, was, that was impressive. Well, I've read some stories about him. Like, he his character – I mean, you're talking like uh, Steph Curry, like human. Like, they, <laughs> they love this human being. He changed their locker room. And then – and it turns out he's also an ass-kicker. I, I didn't know how they were going to block him. And then all of a sudden, Collinsworth is like, whoa, did they put – school's no longer in there. <laughs> Boom, he gets the hook. How often do you see that in the, in a big NFL game, guy? Even if it is a backup tackle I mean, or whatever, that's yeah, almost usually just kind of ride with it, right? He, boom, never. you're out. Brunskill, you're in. Now, I think the unique thing is, like, we've seen Brunskill play pretty well, right? This year. Well, it's it's not crazy at all once you see it. I'm just saying, how often do you see that move made? Because look at the – now, granted, no, no, he was the yeah, backup. I'm saying you don't, and part of it – I'm just wondering. I wonder if part of the reason is, is Brunskill kind of even rare for that situation just given that he'd already yes. played this year and played well. But even then, there are teams that have had a sixth guy play, and that guy doesn't just suddenly end up in the game. No, you you just usually leave the shitty guy in. And you're just like, we'll try to make it work. Hard finding four good offensive linemen, let alone six. Because if I would have told you, like, how are they going to do it with school? You'd be like, I don't know. they got to figure something out. You wouldn't have thought, like, they're going to yank them. You just thought, well, they're going to just change some play calls. Right. Right? (laughs) He said, fuck that. Now, is there a chance the O-line coach gets in his ear like, he doesn't got it tonight. We we don't got it. He's like, well, then yank him out. he is the O-line coach. However it goes, he gets credit for okaying the go. Like, because there are a lot of times the position coaches want guys out of the game and they're not allowed to do that. Because the easy thing is, like, no one's going to crush you if you leave school in. I mean, of course, the guy's played really well in your winning streak. But it was, boom, the guy's out. I'd say school, hey, it's probably it for your time as a starter. <laughs> now, in fairness to school, that's just a tough matchup. That guy, we talked about him all week. That guy's good. Their, their front's good. But Brunskill comes in, you don't really hear that much about him anymore. Maybe Brunskill, is he the greatest AAF player in the history of the AAF? I thought there was like a special teams guy that somebody had. There probably is. But you have to admit, Brunskill's right up there. He's playing for the best team in the league. No doubt. Became a starter after seven injuries and then somehow made his way after another injury of Wally Pipp's school mid-game. Somebody should make an AAF Hall of Fame. Phil Savage be the uh, honorary... Spurrier would be the coach. Spurrier would go in. <laughs> Phil Savage. Remember, F- F- Phil told me they had a very good chemistry in their building. That, a bunch of good guys. I think they were competing for the title when the thing went under. Yeah, well, th- th- he was in Arizona. Yeah, the Hot Shots. Or yeah, they, I think they they also claim a title. I've talked to Nick Aliotti, was their defensive coordinator. They claim Aliotti like, comes in the AF? because yeah, he was Rick Neuheisel's DC. Because, oh, yeah. Because they beat the team. They beat Spurrier's team, I think. That's why they claim the title, too. Yeah. But Spurrier, I think, had more wins. Right. Yeah. I don't. I. Yeah. Maybe they were tied. Yeah. I don't exactly remember. If anyone but, wants to go down an AF rabbit hole, we'll take the information. Yeah. Is that on Football Reference? Just tweet at it. DM us. <laughs> I, I think uh, what's his name's kid, Ebersol's kid, just deleted the website. <laughs> just, just cleared everything. Uh, man. Why? I, can this team win the Super Bowl? 
Like as we sit here in November 24th? Yes. Because my, my takeaway today was, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't th- think they I necessarily got... will, but, I, but I'm thinking they can. A li- Do you know what it has a feel of? Hmm. That first war- Warriors courier. Where you're like, can nah, remember this team's better. Than that team? Than 167 games? The team that lost in the oh. first round? Kerr's team? Oh, Kerr. I think you said the t- Curry. I thought you said the first Curry. Like, no, team. first Cur- first Curry. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. First Curry year. That they were like, we knew they were good. and they. But it's it's not apples to apples because that you're right. That team had been in the playoffs a couple times. But Curry was nowhere. That was Curry's MVP year. It just... It was. I'm just more talking from the team element. You and I were on radio. We're like, is this team going to win? Is this team going to win it? Now, then we like Memphis going to take them out, and they found a way. Again, football's different, but people kept trying to make like, no, 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 yeah, you know, just that's what it. And it, maybe that's any time, right? You've never done it. I think people. It's easy to be like, New England can win the whole thing, right? <laughs> or the Saints can win the whole thing. It's hard to go. Kyle and Jimmy are really going to be Super Bowl champs. So I went in to get ice cream at halftime. Saw Elias. I got uh, Alyssa got a a Haagen Dazs with the uh, the nuts. You know, like the almonds. Coffee or vanilla? Vanilla. She prefers the vanilla. I went with the uh, coffee cappuccino. It's it. And um, Bay Area Company, right? That's right. And Elias said, uh, "So what do you think?" And I said, "They can win the Super Bowl." And he said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, they can win the Super Bowl." And I'll tell you why I think that. Who are the teams that can win the Super Bowl? New England. Okay. Uh, Kansas City. Mm. Okay. Uh, I mean, Baltimore, just... ba- yeah, Baltimore. Okay. I, I started in the AFC. Yeah, that's fine. So, beside New England, I don't think we feel great about any of them. Maybe Baltimore. We'll see tonight on Monday Night Football in the next couple weeks. They play, so we'll know more next week. Uh, in the NFC... I think they're more talented in Seattle, but when the dust settles, Seattle might be 14-2 and two and beat the Niners twice, so I'd go Seattle. Yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. Minnesota Green Bay group. Okay. And it's like, what, what separates this version, these teams this year, the Vikings from the 49ers, the, the Seahawks? Well, none. Yeah. The, the, the Saints? I mean, now they've done it. They, the Seahawks we'll have done it. But, the Saints have done it. The Vikings. But the Niners might have to go there twice, guy, right? No, they no. They might go there in two weeks, then go there again in the NFC Championship. There's a difference between they – I'm not saying they will do it. I'm just saying I just watch them, and I just stack up their quarterback play with these other teams, and I think Jimmy can hang with these guys. And I stack up their coach, and I think he's better than almost all of them. And I stack up their defense, and I think it's every bit – I don't think anybody's better than them up front. And the, clearly it's not just up front. Like, their linebackers, their DBs can play. So, I, I why can't they? I mean yes they can win the Super Bowl because they're well, they are as good or better in some spots than the other teams that we think can win the Super Bowl. Well, I think that's it just why feels guy, weird it, to say. Yeah, I think that's why the key then is home field because you would say the two teams that would say well if I had a Seattle fan and a New Orleans fan go well my coach has won Super Bowls my quarterback has won Super Bowl. My just operation is just a little more buttoned down. Just we've been in bigger games, and if you got to come to us, you got to go to Seattle, like Harbaugh once did and failed in the playoffs, or you got to go to New Orleans, which is going to be hard. You'd go, well, yeah, that'd be an uphill battle, right? That would be an upset 
if, you know, because by the time they got to the NFC Championship, if they had to go to the road to Seattle or New Orleans, you'd say the Niners would have probably lost to those teams, right? Those would be the two teams to me, because the thing was Super Bowl with New England, it's in fucking Miami, so it doesn't necessarily matter. But the NFC Championship game would be very, very difficult on the road in Seattle or on the road in New Orleans. I would say that they would be the underdog in both those games. But if you put it at home, I'd say it'd still be really difficult, but I'd feel it'd be a winnable game. Do you feel it's winnable? Like, if you had to go on the road to Seattle, more than likely that meant they beat you twice. And they would just, if they beat you at home to win the division week 17, that'd be a pretty big NFL moment of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it'd probably be the Sunday night game if that means they're fighting for the one or two seed and the division. That's pretty wild that that's even in play, which is kind of cool. But also, it could be a huge letdown if you go, God, we were 13-2 and two going into that game, then we I lose, know. we're 13-3, we're the five seed. That'd be one. Of, that'd be the craziest five seed of my life. I don't ever remember five seed being thirteen and three, but it is possible right now. I think every time they win a game, we find another game that's going to be the real test for them. Yeah, but well, see, I'm not. I'm not talking about tests or anything. I, I know now. You're, it's, it's I, clear. It's I just they're not. good. I, I I'm just talking not. about to get to the Super Bowl. There's a dramatic difference about a road at home and a road on the road, right? I'm just talking about the second Seattle game now. I, I think that's what makes looking back on Harbaugh's year so crazy. Think how good his teams were on road playoff games. Atlanta, Carolina, Green Bay, the Seattle. They went toe-to-toe. I what guess. was the, the second wildcard team the year that Matt Castle didn't make the playoffs must have been pretty good. Right? Because didn't that Patriots team win 10 games? I thought 11. I think 11. the other team had won 11 too, and they but just had, a you know, had the tiebreaker. Wouldn't you say that on a given year, if your six seed has eleven wins, your conference is really, really good. Yeah, I'd say if you're and if your five seed has a like last year, the Chargers were the five seed and they were twelve and four. That's they were a good twelve and four team. Remember the team that beat KC on the road on like a Thursday night on a game winner by Phillip, and then they won a playoff game. So I, that I year think the, the Pats went eleven and five. The Dolphins went eleven and five and won the division. Yeah. What world was that? Do you the, know who the Ravens coach was? went eleven and five. The Colt was it Sprano? Yeah, I was gonna give you a hint. Barrett football. You remember they ran the Wildcats? The Colts went twelve. And and, co- the Colts went twelve and four and were the wild card because the Titans went thirteen and three. I do remember the wow. Wildcat Ronnie Brown and the Chargers so, went so eight. G- and eight. G- give me the one through six that year. Um. So it was. You have it. Yeah. Well, I've got the standings. Tennessee was thirteen and three. Lost in the second round, I remember. Pittsburgh and Indy were both 12-4. and four. And Pitt got the two, and Indy got the three, and Miami got the four. Uh, yeah, because the Ravens were a wild card at 11-5. and five. Well, the Chargers were 8-8 eight and, eight and won their division, so they must have thrown everything off, too. <laughs> the irony is the, the Broncos time. also went 8-8 eight and eight and didn't, you know, didn't make the playoffs. Rough times in the AFC West, huh? What were the Raiders that year? 5-11. Three games better well, than the Chiefs. Well, rough times for the Chiefs. I think that was Herm Edwards last year, actually. Was this, was is this 08? Yes. Yeah. They had, uh, the Chiefs had um, uh, four different quarterbacks appear in a game, throw a pass. Brock Croyle, one of them? One. Uh, Brody. Brody. <laughs> 
Do the Niners have a Y next to their name yet? I used to always love that in the box score. Whenever you'd see a team like they're not they haven't clinched the division, but they clinched they're going to the playoffs. And you just see the Y carry with them. It happens in baseball and basketball for a while. Remember? Right. For yeah. the for the X kicks in. Kids won't even know what I'm talking about in ten years. Once you got the Y, you knew you were dancing. I think that happens on the dot coms, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe it does. But I don't think are people as locked in on the Ys and the X's like you were with the box score. Uh Damon Heward, Tyler Thigpen, and Quinn Gregg are the three. Yeah, uh, no, Ty- Tyler Thigpen, not terrible. Well, he was there. Remember he, he went. He went yeah. one and ten that year, so he started eleven games. <laughs> he had some moments. Eighteen touchdowns, twelve picks. I mean, um, well, so basically, as we sit here right now, I mean, there are two teams that are ten and one, just and one's done it a little differently. Though, I've looked at the Patriots like, like today, and we'll talk about it later. They won a four point game, but they kicked the shit out of the Cowboys. <laughs> you know. Could they, I'll give you this. Could the Niners, in that weather, would they have gone into Foxborough day and won? You'd say they have a chance. Cause They'd the have a they chance play. now, but you'd say Dallas is a good running football team too. And Zeke, um, Zeke but I, I thought Zeke was solid today. Like, I don't know how many I'd have to look at the box score, but I, I just think that. But, yeah, I think they'd have a chance, John. I think their coach would have a better chance than Jason Garrett. I think Kyle is an elite NFL coach. I, I would agree. But he, here's the reality, right? The Niners don't need to go on the road to Foxborough. Really, what would be their one tough outdoor game? It would potentially be go to Lambeau, but right now they technically have a two-game lead on them because they have the tiebreaker. And potentially, I guess, Seattle, depending on, you know, it could be pouring rain there and cold. Yeah. It was cold that one would you, famous NFC Championship game. Would you, would you say, yes, there's two one-loss teams, but the Seahawks are effectively that for the Niners? Yeah. Because they're, as long as they're within one game, it's actually even, right? That game's for all the fucking marbles. That's and what they, makes it kind of cool. at home, yeah. Do you think it makes it a little more intriguing that they won that game? Yeah, It kind of does, huh? Probably good, good for an uh, entertainment standpoint. Obviously, if you're a Niner fan, you'd want them just to be undefeated. But it just kind of keeps you, keeps you on eggshells a little bit. You know, you know? what's this – is, this is actually right now – now, things change fast, but – Right now, it looks incredible. You think about all the dud games you get week 17. Well, this I'm is not you, one I, of those. Right? Well, the, the fact that are, this is a week 17 game. Do you have the week 17 games up right now? Uh, there are, there are two of them to me that are basically a lock. for Because you know how they flex the one game that's for the, all the marbles usually for Sunday night? Yeah. And last year, I think they didn't really have one. They've been in the position a couple times where right, they I haven't had one. Here. I think this year, it's just between the Niners... Because the Cowboys and Eagles do not play each other week 17. I think it's Niners-Seattle and potentially Tennessee-Houston. I, I don't think there's another game. Because the Ravens are going to have a multiple game lead on Pittsburgh. You're right. Colts-Jags is irrelevant. Nope. Um, is there a... No. Because the Vikings Bay, play... Detroit, no. No. I'm telling you. Yeah, Vikings play the Bears, No. What's New England play? Fucking Miami or Correct. Jets? This, they play Miami anything. seven times <laughs> I mean, this year. How, how does that happen? You're in the division. You're supposed to play two times, but they play like five times every year. They're like year. Alabama. They just. <laughs> I know. It yeah, works out those, for those, those are the two games. So, um, did you notice when they did the shot on Sunday Night Football of the old Central Michigan? Was it Central Michigan? Is that where those guys yeah. were together? Yeah. Did you notice how. So earlier they had done the Bill Walsh coaching tree, and it went like Walsh to Seifert to Shanahan to 
Kyle and LaFleur in Washington together. And Kyle looked in Washington way younger. And LaFleur yeah, skinny, was super tan. Well, when they showed the two of them at Central Michigan, both LaFleur and Sala were like, I don't know how many shades lighter, but they were both several shades lighter. They, they never that, left the building, and when they did, they didn't see the sun. Yeah. So you think that Robert Sala right now is dramatically darker than he was in his earlier years when he was grinding. Just based on that shot the, at Central Michigan. Yeah. I think He's you, out. I think it's easier year-round just to hit the golf course, you know, out where he is now. <laughs> well, yeah, in the Bay Area. <laughs> you know, you've got to fucking – Would you say if he does not get a head coaching job – is that becoming more likely? Like he's getting interviews, right? Yeah, he's getting interviews. So anytime you get an interview, you got a shot. If he comes back, he's getting a massive raise from Kyle and Jed York, like a big contract extension. What do defensive coordinators get in terms of extensions? Because you don't uh, you don't really outbid anyone for them once they're already there, right? Well, it's just taking care. It's just taking care of your people, right? But I just mean like. He's our, well, again, he's in already college. You see it all the time, right? Like leveraging situations yeah. and that kind of thing. Because he's not going to leave the Niners to go be the Seattle defensive coordinator. Like he's here. You know, his next job is a head coaching job. Or and fire. he wouldn't like, take. It's not like he's passing options. off. Like, like you know, I'm going to stay here as a defensive coordinator over taking a head coaching job in a smaller conference. Well, the one kicker would be if like a college. Like, what if like Rutgers offer? You know, you just never no. know. I don't no. know if he take. But I'm just saying. Well, would he take the Washington Redskins job? Or would he say, you know what, I'm just going to – we keep this rolling. We got guys coming back. I'll get another offer. The good thing about the Washington Redskins Kyle is would Kyle him. would tell him all the dirt, so he probably wouldn't. <laughs> because otherwise I'd say, yeah, you'd say typically, well, if they offer a guy like Robert Sala, he's not going to say no. That's what I'm saying. I, I do think Jed should kind of take care of him and give him a couple million bucks. Well, and it's also kind of – to your point, is he becoming a guy that is going to recognize he's going to have multiple interviews? He doesn't have to just take the first job that comes his way. My takeaway, and I'm wrong on this sometimes, because again, I think you and I and most humans think like this, and we're proven time and time again, coaches do not. They just fucking move. Like they are, they are so numb to a home. It means, it means nothing to them. It doesn't. I honestly don't even think the money even means that much to them. It's more just like stepping stones and promotions and being at the front of the table. I actually think just watching so many of his press conferences, actually he's a little, he's wired a little more cerebral for being this tough guy looking bald defensive coordinator. I do think he'd be careful. Like, I, don't, I don't think he would just go to shitty you, you know, or just the Redskins. Now, if, like, the Cowboys or I don't even know what jobs are going to open, the Giants, like, yeah, I mean, he's going to take some of these. Why wouldn't the New York Giants offer him a job? Like, are you sure the New York yeah. Giants can do better, honestly? Jason Garrett, wasn't that the report? Would you rather take your shot with Robert Saul or take yeah. Jason Garrett? I'd probably take my shot with Robert Sala. Now, I know, I would too. I also think, like, I don't think, you know, I think it's easy right now to, like, clearly Jason Garrett is a competitive football coach. Like, he's a step up for them. Well, Robert Sala was a quality control guy, like, five years ago. So, if Robert Sala had Jason Garrett's head coaching resume right now, you'd be like, okay, that's pretty damn good. Right? Yes. You're saying if Robert Sala had been to the playoffs like three or four times as a head coach in the NFL, and he was Kyle's defensive yeah, and, coordinator. Yeah, and now was the defensive coordinator of the 49ers, yeah. I, I think he would be spoken about really highly, yes. Some Austin I just DM'd me on Instagram and said, 
do the Niners have a legit home field advantage at Levi's? At night, for sure. Yeah. I do think Jason Garrett is somewhat like the LeBron syndrome. You're just judged harshly with the Cowboys. Now, today it was horrendous. Like, today is unexcusable. Some of the shit they were doing and he wasn't prepared for. And he's such a pussy with kicking field goals. And even Troy's like, a field goal does not help you here, Jason. It does not change the score, buddy. You're you're not a field goal away. So I thought Troy was really, really good on that. I did think that a touchdown only ties the game. So either way, you're going to have to score two more times. No, I would go for two. Yeah, not if you go for two. Would they have gone for two? Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe just do it and go for two. You're right. But you do agree when you're down seven, you know, with under six, seven minutes to go in a game, a field goal, once you're in the red zone, right? It doesn't yeah, really it, do much for you. No, but it was kind in, in a game of in a game where no one's scoring. In a game where no one's scoring, that's you know because you could argue well, then if I don't get this and then they kick a field goal, now I'm down ten. So I get that, but that's that wasn't that game. Did Did you know that uh, Greg Pop is the voice of the Forty ers now? I, I that, that, that I this whole season, like he used to be, and now he's pretty wild. Yeah, you know. Did you know that the – I don't have the numbers from today's games. I would imagine the ratings would be pretty big from night. Last week it tripled it, so there was just let's get, let's, more You want to guess the Sunday night rating? No, it hurt that it's, it hurts a little that it wasn't a great game to the finish. The money in that game was, what, a 30? Uh, I thought it was, yeah, 28-4, 29-2, okay. or 31. Or it was something high, yeah. Um, will this beat that? Well, so, so it did a 30 – and then the following game, Sunday afternoon, Cardinals did an 18. Oh, wait. So, Are we talking about the Monday or the Thursday game? We're talking yeah, about the Monday ex- game. Ex- excuse me. The Monday night game did a 30. Yeah. The following week, they play the Cardinals, the, you know, six days later on Sunday afternoon, and that game did an 18. So I think high, high end, it's Seattle, night game, incredible drama game. 30s like as good as you got in the bag for any NFL team in a major market. But this is Sunday night. It's Sunday night. But this is Sunday night. Green Bay Packers, Rodgers. Game not as good. Game not as good. I'm going to guess 23.2. Okay, I'm going to go higher than that. I'm going to go. I'm going to (laughs) go. I'm going to go 26. 26. The Raiders Bengals last week did a six. The Raiders Bengals last week did a six. The game was semi close. I mean, it was close. The Raiders Jets Sunday morning. What would be your guess? Raiders Bengals six. Blowout Raiders Jets. Afternoon. No, it was 10 a.m. You're right. I guess it was. But the blowout started around, but the blowout kind of kicked in around noon. So the, the first. Uh, Does it crack a five? Yes. There, Seattle Philly was on, so I could see a casual fan going to that. It just looked a little stronger. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say it cracks five, six and a half, something like that. Six and a half, seven. Yeah, that, six sounds. Six is a good yeah, spot. It, it's the National Football League. That's right. Uh, God, so much more stuff to talk about as it relates. Uh, to the Sunday. All right, before we move on, John, let's tell the people this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com. 
Thanksgiving is coming up this week. You know what that means, John? <laughs> some deals! Some deals, Green, guy. green Wednesday, baby. Love myself a good green Wednesday. Woo-wee. I got a, uh, as of recording this, I, I haven't, I'm not there yet. So by the time you listen to this, maybe I'm already there. Be in Hawaii. And I got a text from someone that's also going. Uh, and it's like, hey, man, you bring your pen. I forgot my charger. I'm like, I got you, dog. <laughs> throw, I'll throw that thing in the golf bag. Uh, I think it's legal now to international travel. But even if it wasn't, Green Wednesday, I'm all over it. Deals for days, guy. Every day this week, Thanksgiving week, uh, big, huge deals on ease.com, pre-rolls, vapes, you name it. Just deals, deals upon deals. So check it out. If you've already used the promo code, promo code HAM, obviously, Maybe get your mom, get your friends, use someone else, you know, a first-time user to get the promo. They're having sweet deals. How are you going to go for, like, triples, guy? Uh, I know how we could do it because we're just fat asses and can eat. But, you know, there's no better way to attack Thanksgiving and then leftover Friday. Some call it, uh, you know, Freaky Friday, Black Friday. I just call it leftover Friday because I go to Mm. town on leftovers. Uh, Green Wednesday, baby. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Biggest promo sales of the year. That's right. And, of course, there's always easewellness.com, easewellness.com. And I'll say, additionally, don't forget, we told you about it a few weeks ago, but veterans always get 25% off at ease.com. They just, if you're a veteran out there, you know a veteran, you just email veterans at ease.com. So that's a whole other thing. But Green Wednesday deals every day at ease.com and easewellness.com. Podcast also brought to you by Seat Geek. Woo-hoo-hoo! Come on now. Seat Geek. Right. I know Sunday Night Football. A lot of people use the Seat Geek promo code for ten bucks off. The promo code is ham. Tell everybody you know. Yep. Any games you're thinking of going, NBA, NFL, uh, you name it. Like you always say that one of the best deals going in uh, in sports is college basketball. Uh, so wherever you live, to go check out a college basketball game. Obviously, concerts, comedy. Guy, you name it, if you live by a venue, just download the SeatGeek app, type in the venue, whether it's Chase Center, whether it's the Coliseum in LA, whether it's Golden One Center in Sac, whether it's the Link in Philly, wherever you live, you just type in the venue and you can see everything coming up, right? Games, concerts, you name it, what's coming through. Then you use our promo code HAM, get yourself a little discount, and bada bing, bada boom, you're at an event for cheap. Er. That's right, $10 cheaper. <laughs> Every little bit counts, yeah. man. Every little bit counts. Uh, promo code hand. Seat geek. Big green dot buy. Little red dot. Don't buy. Yeah. Just about everything you'll find is probably cheaper than Niners tickets right now. So that is. I mean, you could that, that, you could seat geek would have paid you five bucks to go to a Redskins game. Apparently. <laughs> Did you see how empty that place was? You, you, I not. You just told me they were five dollar tickets. So. Yeah. It was, Everybody uh, gets a selfie with Dwayne Haskins. I mean, the reality is, right, in the NFL, or just sports in general, when you have one of the worst teams in a league, by the time you get toward the end of the season, the home stretch, especially in places where it's cold as shit, it's going to be pretty empty, right? Guys, this isn't, you know, everyone's kicking them when they're down. I mean, I've seen enough bad teams now, it's just, it's empty. You know, there, yep. there was a reason, Raider fans, and we'll dive into them, we're the best fans in the well, I remember growing up for a long period of time, those games were blacked out. And why was those games blacked out? Because they did not meet a minimum capacity, okay? That meant people were not showing up. The reason Greg Papa became a big deal around here with Raider fans, because you literally had to listen to him to find out what was going on in the Raider game if you lived in the local market. 
Really so, an underrated part of uh, Papa's Rise. Well, one, it, it makes complete sense. You know, it's like a lot of times, like in baseball, why did it become so big? Because for like 80 years, the majority of games were on television. And you're like, why in basketball? Same thing until like 20 years ago. You'd be like, well, in football, you know, there's only once a week, so you always got to watch it. Well, not necessarily if you could not get enough fans at the Coliseum and the place was blacked out. Because that's legitimately what happened, I remember, during our youth. Oh, Raider games blacked out again. I'm like, do you remember that guy? It was like when yep. we were in college. I do. It fucking happened a lot. I do. I don't remember any Niners games getting blacked out, do you? All right, let's uh, let's get to the Raiders Jets game. Uh, this was a road game, John. I, I I'm still trying to figure out how the Jets scored 34 points. S- Sammy Sammy Dimes is playing well. He threw two touchdowns. And he ran one. And he ran one. And he no ran one. No one else. Le'Veon didn't run one. <laughs> yeah, but Le'Veon is pretty good. Like you I'm saying, that's 21 points. I, how the Raiders lost 34 to three? Beyond me. Okay, they didn't throw a touchdown. They didn't run for a touchdown, as evidenced by the three. They completed 19 passes, 15 of those from the starting quarterback, Derek Carr. Of the 19 uh, total completions, Jalen Richard had six to lead all Raiders receivers. Is a good a receiving running back, though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it was uh, well, it still was ugly like receiving guy. running back. It was ugly, I mean, but I think losing we, is one we, thing. Losing thirty-four to three was. That's I, I would agree, but I, I kept saying all week. You heard it on this show that when I mainly Baldinger alerted me to this. I, I wasn't going on some deep dive on the Jets when I saw him on his baldy breakdowns when he's wearing like muscle tees in the NFL films offices, doing who knows what, doing cool videos. Uh, he, he he needs to get a like a, a tripod or something because his videos are always kind of moving. But he had a great point, and it alerted me when he said the Jets, keep an eye on this, the Jets have the number one rushing defense. So immediately my red flag goes off because I go, well, the Raiders, who are 6-4, and four, and any Raider fan would tell you this, well, I don't think we have a great team, but we do one thing really well. We run the shit out of the ball with this guy named Josh Jacobs, who's a stud. Well, you go, well, if you're playing the number one rushing defense, even if you have a decent day rushing, it's not going to be 150 yards on the ground, right? It, it may be you have a good day running for like 90, but it's going to be highly contested. Well, guy, I'm checking the box score right now, guy, and I got 68 yards. And Jacobs, who's had five of like the last seven games, 100 yards games a, uh, a game, 34 yards. If I told you coming in, Jacobs has 34 yards, you're playing. That's the other thing. Then you got to factor in where are they playing. Oh, it's going to be low 40s and raining. Well, I go, well... Derek Carr sucks in that environment. Sucks. And what did he do today? 15 of 27 for 127 yards. The pick, not totally his fault, but just looks meh. He's not a cold quarterback. I I will bet the house. Now, I actually didn't bet a penny on this game. I should have because I didn't want Raider fans to think I was kicking them when they were down. On Jared Goff and Derek Carr playing in cold weather games. They fucking suck in those environments. Like I I have enough evidence, even if it's a quote-unquote small sample size. Because they can look, they, they look like different humans, guy. Like Derek just doesn't look, and I just say California teams in general don't look comfortable. We, we you and I talked about it all week. There's nothing you can do to get ready for I, it, and they I, constantly John, look but, shitty. Okay, losing 17 to 14, they gave up over 300 yards passing. The Jets scored on five of their first six drives, three touchdowns. They lost 34 to the three. The Raiders' defense is atrocious, though. Well, guy. that They're I already awful. knew. 
But they lost well, thirty-four so, to three. That's what that's what Utah did to Arizona. And, like, when, I, and in, the, in the NFL, that score is worse than in college, right? Thirty-four to three in college, much, you know, for a top ten worse. team, it's like, ah, eh, you kind of took it easy on them. Yeah, no, you're right. In the it's NFL, that's a that's a bloodletting. You're right. Correct. And you text me today, and it's like I actually changed the channel once they went up thirty. Like the game was over. Car, who gets pulled at in, like a starting a twenty-five million dollar quarterback in the third quarter? That's unheard of. Like you, you guys can't work on some stuff to get some stuff right. Like, are we? What are we doing here? Like, could, couldn't you get some late touchdowns? Do you, I, you watch football all day today, and for the last countless years of your life, all days on Sunday, how often do quote unquote max quarterbacks? And we know Derek's not like a top five quarterback, but he's a legitimate. $25 million quarterback who, if he's a quarterback of your team and you have a decent coach, you're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. Get yanked in the third quarter where you're not getting benched, you're just getting pulled. Like, even Hanson was like, whoa, they're waving the white flag. Like, that's... I, I mean, on one hand, I get it, but what, what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, for me, it's, it's just shocking to see it, right? Like, here comes Mike Glennon to fumble the first two snaps. Um, because it's not like there's eight minutes left. There's there's a, a whole quarter left, and you could argue, well, well there's not and that there much were three difference. or four minutes left in the third, right? It wasn't yeah. just the. That's right. Now, I mean, this game was thirteen to three at halftime. So clear, that's know, what was, that's where you're saying. Like I, the game really didn't get out of hand to like the first drive of the second quarter, or I mean the second half when I think they score, and then it goes when it went from thirteen to. 13 to 3 to 20 to 3 you're like whoa that's that was it that that was a grand canyon like gap felt like right. watching yeah cuz they go touchdown touchdown interception touchdown yeah that was a killer interception touchdowns one thing and it just it exploded but i i, I, I don't to have no offense I don't know. It's, it sounds like you're with me. The three points were worse than the 34. Uh, both are bad. But to have no offense for that game, how have you checked Kansas City's temperature? It was just. Well, I, I saw Dubow or someone tweeted it's going to a high of 34 schedule. So, regardless well, how off or on the weatherman is, isn't it safe to say once you get after Thanksgiving in places like Kansas City, yeah, what's looking- the weather read? It just reads cold. We're looking at Thursday, snow and rain, Friday, rain, Saturday, rain, Sunday, 39, high chance of snow. 40% chance of precipitate, although eh, maybe it's 20%, but 39. The, I, the, dif- the difference, though, They're is They're not winning that run- football game. No, but th- you can run it on them a little bit. Like, you can't run it on the Jets. And then if Derek has to throw in those environments, he can't do it. He doesn't look comfortable. And, yeah, Sam's born and raised in L.A. and went to SC. But once you're just over there, you just I, – I believe we're like animals. We just adapt to our surroundings, even if you don't like it. Like, I lived in Philly. I didn't like it. But you just become – be, you just have to – you don't have a choice. You just are in the cold a lot. There's no avoiding it. There, there is no avoiding it. I'd also say this, though, guy. Of the last – let me pull up their schedule here. Of their last handful of games – which were wins. The Bengals, the... Home. Yeah, the Bengals, the Chargers, the Lions, the Texans, the Packers, for example. They lost a couple of those games. Let's just say their last five games. They played... I mean, I don't count Rivers right now as a good quarterback. He's terrible. 
And even in that game, they won by two. But the Bengals last week were a joke, and they won by seven. The Lions, who they won by seven, in that game was a good you know idea for everyone. Like they couldn't, they had no answer for Matt Stafford. He was just slicing up. It just turns out the Lions' defense is terrible. And Deshaun Watson killed him, and Aaron Rodgers killed him. Rodgers, what, threw five touchdowns in that game, and I think Watson threw three in that one. And Stafford threw three. Like, you, you can light them up. Now, they can hang when they their calling card guy is the run game because it, it's not just like they run it on They control the clock. They have a clock. Like, the, the pie chart is always, like, 60-40 in their to their benefit on wins. That, that's, to me, part of their strategy. Because they cannot... If they have a game where you're on the field a lot, you're just going to score. Whether it's Jeff Driscoll or Guy Haberman, let alone Sam Darnold. It's, it's a, they can't cover anybody. They don't have very good players on defense. And, and they're missing, like, Joyner's hurt, Joseph is hurt. They're, they're just... What are they going to do? I... I, I so, yeah, well, that was a little shocked they got blown, blown out. But I, I had no faith that they were going to be able to score. So, yeah, maybe the score would be like 20-3, to three, not 34-3. to three, But I I don't know. You thought man. they were going to score deep. three points. No, I mean, I would have thought they would have scored like 13. But I, I don't have faith in Derek in these cold-weather games. So Second highest passing total of the year for Darnold. Ironically, his first was against Dallas. Did you see Gronk at halftime? Of the uh, Cowboys game, Cowboys Pats, <laughs> yeah. He's like, one thing with Bill, no matter the weather, rain, snow, sleet, you we are practicing outside. If it's 110 degrees, if it's 30 degrees, if there's a blizzard, there is no excuse that you're not on time do, at 7 a.m. Do, do they even have an option? I mean, I don't even think they have an indoor facility, do they? I, I don't know. They, they must not. He's like, I know if it starts getting a little cold, rainy in Dallas, Jerry comes out and is like, let's go in the bubble, guys. It was really funny. <laughs> but but, but here, here was my, and I, I think you saw it in the New England game. There is just, it, it kind of hit me watching Bray, just, the, just watch the way their body language is. And it, it, at times it was still bad because it's freezing. But they embrace that. Like a, an underrated advantage in the history of the Patriot dynasty, which will never really get talked about when you're drinking beers or Hall of Fame speeches when Brady and Belichick go in, is their weather. And it gets miserable. And everyone looks dramatically uncomfortable on the other side, whether it's Peyton Manning or whether it's Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott. And the Patriots are like, this is what we do. And like what Gronk says, they just fucking practice outside. That's why Patricia goes to Detroit. It's like, Matt, you do play in a dome. Like, I don't know if Bill would practice outside if Foxborough was a dome. That wouldn't make much sense. But he thinks that it, like, adds toughness because it, one, undoubtedly does, right? But it doesn't necessarily translate if you're not playing outside. But you do play road games. Yeah, but so he takes the Lions outside because I get what he's thinking. But you just, because he's trying to make tough. Like, there is a toughness to the But also just, like... Two, they're going to play two games a year, potentially really important games in potentially that environment, right? In Chicago and Green Bay, that team. But that won't, won't the Raiders? I mean, Kansas City. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like Patricia. But how, what what does Gruden do? Fake it here for most years. I would say at minimum you're going to get two cold games post Thanksgiving, and that's on the low end of the NFL, just because it happens. Like you got to do play the Chargers, you play in warm weather. 
but you typically, it feels like since you and I have been around the Raiders, they go to Kansas City a lot. It, it, doesn't it feel like in December? It feels yeah. like they've played Kansas City in December the majority of the games of Carr's career, right? Of the home and home. I don't remember many like, oh, it's just September in Kansas City for Derek. You know, it's always like that. Same with Denver. Remember the Khalil game where Khalil had like the 10 sacks and the offense did nothing and he basically single-handedly won him the game in Denver and it was like 17 to 15 or whatever the final score was when he had like a six-sack game on Osweiler like three or four years ago. It was the year he won the defensive player yeah. of the year. And it was an inc- it was one of the more incredible performances any human's ever had. Like he was picking up offensive linemen and that was a freezing cold game and the offense didn't do dick. I think they scored one touchdown off a turnover that Khalil had created. But it was like, Derek does not... That's why all Raider fans are like, oh, we're going to... We got to go to uh, LA and then Denver. Well, yeah, maybe LA. They, they might be tapped out. But to think that you're just going to roll into Denver in a freezing cold environment, I'm going to have faith in your operation. It's just crazy. It's crazy talk because your quarterback is not comfortable in it. And I'm not even being crushing him for it. Like, I wouldn't. Most quarterbacks from California that don't play outside of California are. A lot of times we associate, though, that more with like weak armed quarterbacks struggle in those situations. He's not one of those. But to me, it's not his, like, he had the throw today that Terrell Williams dropped earlier in the game. It was it looked like mm-hmm. a rope. I don't look at his arm. I, I just look at the way his body. No, I, like he's I know. Just what I'm saying is typically part of this yeah. conversation involves the throwing the football. Well, why'd Flacco and, and Eli play well in those moments, right? Because they were big-armed and they were unfazed by weather. So, yeah, he, he does have one of the minimum requirements. Like, he's just got a big arm. Because you'd say, well, he throws it probably harder than Darnold. And Darnold was fine today. Like, you just watched the way Darnold carried himself, and you watched the way Derek carried himself. Like, one guy was just confident, and the other guy wasn't. I also... I know you're a Darnold guy, too. It was kind of... Ha- it's just, this guy, hey, everyone. I think sometimes we forget. I had to Google it. He turned 22 this summer. You know? This... He's already... He plays for the fucking Jets. He's already had multiple coaches. I... If they don't totally screw him over, he'll be okay. Like, he's he's pretty freaking talented. Some of his off-platform throws. Oh, my God. The one where he could have run for the first down and just threw it instead. It was like, what? From side that, that was that, that was a little crazy. <laughs> to like, me, that, that thing fails nine out of ten times. And he's lucky he didn't get picked because the dude jumped up. You're right. It's like, Sam, just run. But once you see the back view, you're like, that was badass. It was so badass. I'm a big Sam Darnold guy. That was that yeah. was fun to watch him just, yeah. Because everyone was kind of shitting on him after the the ghost comment, right? And he's kind of he's they've won three games yeah, in a I row. Think, I do think most people. I don't know. I feel like that thing became everybody's. You know, it became that. Where it's like everyone's talking shit, but I'm the one defended him. I, I feel like, but but, but I don't mean took it with shit. a grain of salt. I don't mean I don't mean that. I just he was legitimately playing awful when, after the Cowboy game for like oh, three right. straight games, yes. and they it lost more the Dolphins. And everyone's like, Gase and Darnold, this thing is a disaster. Their houses, it felt like their building was burning, you know. And they've kind of righted the ship. And even they mentioned today on the broadcast, they're like, God, everyone wanted to kill Gase. It's amazing when you win two or three straight games in New York, no everyone gets off your back. So well, that's what isn't that kind of what Gruden did. He won games, and they, they had to win them ugly against the Bengals and the Chargers, where it's just like, I, I, everyone's middle cut. You said they wouldn't sniff six wins. Well, sniff, sniff, because are we sure they're going to win many more games? Because I'm not. Their defense sucks. They are not a good road team. They're not going to play well in the environment. Derek is just, 
any cold game, and he, to my count, he's got Chiefs next week, and then he ends with Denver. Then the Titans game in two weeks, we'll talk about them in a second. They're pretty fucking good. Like, is that some guaranteed win? Titans are killing people right now, guy. Derrick Henry, yeah. you see some of his highlights? He looks like uh, well, Earl Campbell. Uh, yeah, his long touchdown run, he did score on that play, right? Just where he had like yeah, three get-off-me stiff arms. But, but didn't it look like he was going to step out of bounds? He keeps his feet. I know. It was really impressive. So they, they kicked the Jags' ass today. Uh, the Steelers, despite my prediction that the Bengals would win, Bengals had a chance, John. They uh, were up. And, and the fact that Mason Rudolph got benched, they won. I'm not feeling great about them, but they're 6-5 and five right now. The Colts are six and five. The Titans are six and five, uh, and the Raiders are uh, six and five right now. In some weird, like nine-step tiebreaker, the Steelers have the sixth spot. But I, I'm with you. I think the Titans are the bigger threat to that that second wild card spot uh, to the Raiders. And at this point, you'd say their schedule. I I, I jotted it down okay. before we hopped on, so that they got five more games. Right, they're six and five. At Indy. Who are you which, talking about? I'm talking about the Titans. Okay. So the Titans are 6-5 and because right now if I was betting on a horse, I'd probably put it on them. But then I looked at their schedule I went, eh. So they're 6-5. and five. At Indy, who's coming off a long week because they played on Thursday night, so they're going to be a little more rested. And coming off a kind of a rough loss. At Oakland. Then they got this tough stretch. Texans in Tennessee, Saints in Tennessee, and then at Houston. So they basically play the Texans two of the last three weeks with the Saints mixed in there. Well, that's no joke. And then they're kind of easy stretches at Indy and at Oakland. I mean, that's... If they win three of these five games, that'd be pretty impressive. Right? I I feel comfortable saying I think 9-7 and seven gets the sixth spot. Because then if, even if you look at the Steelers, 6-5 and five as well. Browns this week, at which home. is going to be a massive story, right, for those two teams. I think a the Browns ago, win. You do? Yeah. In Pittsburgh, 6-5 and five, yep. with the Miles Garrett stuff? Okay, then uh-huh. at Arizona? I think the Cardinals win. Bills in Pittsburgh, at Jets, at Ravens. So you, you don't think they're making the playoffs? I, I, crossing I, I them think off the Steelers, list. at max, let's say they beat the Browns, have two wins on that schedule. Okay. I mean, they 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 went to uh, uh, Max Devlin or Duck Mace, Hodges. What? Duck Hodges. I mean, but again, guy, they're six and five, and you go their schedule. You know, they're going to get up for this Brownie team. The guy just hit his their quarterback, who's now their backup quarterback, in the head, and also claimed he was a racist, which they have vehemently denied. And then Freddie was like, "Well, I just believe what Miles said." He was even on the fence. <laughs> so then you have Indy, because I think we now kind of view the Raiders a little differently, right? They're playing the Chiefs, which I think we all view as a loss. So then they're six and six. The Titans game would be a huge swing game. That game could might determine the playoffs, because then they get the Jaguars, who kind of suck, but are they going to suck versus the Raiders? That's hard to tell. At the Chargers, at the Broncos, those are weird ending games. The Charger game, I think it's fair to probably give them a win, because it's going to be like a Raider home game. The Bronco game, that the weather could be freezing, snowing. That game could get weird fast. But they're also playing with a Brandon Allen. And by then, Drew Locke actually might be back. Because I saw that someone asked Fangio if they were going to start Locke next week. And he's like, I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> but as we all know, God, it's I not I forgot about call. Drew Locke. I'd love to see some Drew Locke. 
I would. Too. I mean that sincerely. I... But that that if you say Drew Locke is starting that last week against the Bronco or against the Raiders, that benefits the Raiders. Like Drew Locke's gonna win fucking NFL games when he hasn't played all season. Yeah, that right? does That'd benefit. Be a pretty yeah, yep. Like I, I would say that this Brandon Allen guy, which I know nothing about, would be a tougher task. <clears throat> so the Raiders aren't dead by any means, but they're more than likely gonna have a two game losing streak going into this Titans game, which. If the Titans get beat at Indy, then no, no, no blood. But if the Titans win that game at Indy, and they're seven and five, and the Raiders are six and six, it would feel like the Raiders would be fighting for their playoff lives in that game. In that, well, in that they would game. because you'd have to win that game just to right. Like they'd be a game better than you or two. What did you say? You said seven and five. Well, I said they're six. seven and five and they're yeah. six and six. And then if they beat you, they would be eight and five and you would be six and seven. It would right. be fucked with a tiebreaker. Yeah, over you. Yeah. That, that done. game, it would be over. So the, the big thing to keep an eye on for the Raiders, cause you're probably going to lose to the chiefs would just be, you're rooting for Indy to beat Tennessee. Right. So they're six and six and you're six and six. So even if they were to beat you, just weird things happen. There's a big difference between one game and two game swing with them owning a tiebreaker on you. Right, that's a right. double whammy because you got to make up three games with three games left. That's impossible. It's not actually impossible, but I think it's fair to say that that's not happening. Correct. I'm with you. Especially just the Titans, whenever they would come up on the red zone, and just my Twitter account would be like, "God, Tannehill, man, Tannehill, Tannehill." He has invigorated the squad, right? When there's two afternoon games, shouldn't Siciliano and Hanson just get the afternoon off? <laughs> they do well, take a lot of commercial breaks during that. <laughs> well, which is like, what is the point of this channel at this point? Well, the, the, the red zone, whatever I pay, $10, it's only useful for the morning game. It plays zero role once you get past like week two when they start spreading the where there's only one or two games in the afternoon. Yeah. Past like week four. Because you're going to get one of them. There's no worse feeling when you got red zone on the second TV and it's the game you have on the other TV. It's like, come on, guys. I There should be a button, and I, we'll probably get here one day, where you can be like, this is the game I'm watching. Don't ever put that game on when you go to highlights. Well, it, it happened at the end of the morning, right, when it was Panthers-Saints. And Panthers-Saints, we got that game suddenly. And then it also was dominating red zone. When there were actually some other, like the Bengals game was ending. There were a couple other games that were ending that were close. Uh, the Lions game, I think. I feel like you got joy in the Saints getting a pass let's interference get, overturned on them. Yeah, let's start headlines there. I got a great amount of joy out of the Saints getting it. Now, they ended up winning the game. But the, for those of you that didn't see it, Panthers uh, need to score. It's third down. They don't get – they're at, like, whatever, the four-yard line, the six-yard line. It looks like they're going to have to kick a field goal. And uh, eventually, so there's nothing gets called. Ron Rivera challenges. There have been 900 pass interferences that didn't get called or overturned. John Gruden's probably watching this going, well, Middlecoff's killing me because he says, I don't know what a, what a pass interference is. Show him the Ron Rivera one. Ron won the thing. There's no way Ron should have won that thing. But Gruden I was, was over for two. Him. Gruden was over two, by the way, today. No, he got one. Did he? Did he get one today? I thought I think he, he did. He did. Uh, maybe. He did. Yeah. He didn't get the, he didn't get the spot. He might did he get another one? There was one he got the first one and the graphic came up afterwards and said 0 for 6 but like hadn't been updated. It should have said 1 for 7. 
Oh, you're right. He he over he got yeah. You're right. He overgot something earlier in the game. But I was right. I got so much joy in it because to me one of the 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 whole the Saints bitching and moaning and their fans filing lawsuits. Oh, the whole offseason drove me insane. And uh, so yeah, I was happy to see their the fruits of their labor um, come back to bite them. It was it was really sweet sweet poetry. But they I, won I the gotta, football game. I got a text today from a mutual buddy, and he's like, do you think the Saints are kind of frauds? And I'm like, no, I actually think that they're really good. Maybe their defense isn't quite as good, but I think when you look at the Panthers, beside the Niners game, they've been really pretty solid every game. And I've watched bits and pieces of that thing. McCaffrey just fucking is dominant. Kyle Allen, again, just... 23-36, 253 tugs. <laughs> no, he guy's solid. Like the Panthers are one thing they they can do really well is they got offensive playmakers everywhere, and this quarterback is not a slug. And they're just they're they're well. Gerald coached, McCoy likes tough. him. I was did you like that was pretty bold to throw up like kind of the white thing, but I guess no. I, I thought it was funny. That. Yeah, you, <laughs> it's all off limits when it comes to white people, I guess. But yeah, I, like. Not every game's easy. This is the NFL. The Panthers are going to go 7-9, and 8-8, eight and, eight and be one of those teams that every coach that will play them, even probably Kyle would be like, yeah, I was nervous going into that game because McCaffrey's a star. Like, you just – some games are hard. You see what Michael Thomas, like the rate he's on for some of his catches. He had a 10 more today and 100 and a touchdown. He had 91 coming into this game, so he's got 101. I think whoever was calling that game, the part I saw – because it was coming on and off in the red zone, was like, if he averages, this was during the game, so I don't know what he had to average that game. Maybe it was eight coming into the game. If he averaged eight catches a game for the last six games, he was going to break the record for catches in a season. So right now he's got 101 and five games left. I, I don't know, what, what's the record, like 145 or something? He's fucking a monster. Monster. Did we have that? No, I think his most catches ever were like high 120s. 143 Marvin Harrison. If you get 143 catches in a season, guy, that's... I would say anything over like 110 is pretty remarkable. Because like you're in the mid-90s, you're just like, you walk into every room like, yeah, I'm one of the best receivers in the league, right? If you're like a 95, 1100, 7 guy, you're like, yeah, I'm a baller. If you're 143, 18, and I don't know, 15, you're just like, oh, I think it was, was it Rich Cannon? Was like, you could make an argument, or it was Charles Davis, actually, it was Charles Davis. Like, this guy's had an MVP-type impact. If you go 145, 1,700, and how many touchdowns does the guy have? Never updates in time. Do you know so Zach, Ertz had a, Zach Ertz was second in the league in catches last year? Well, yeah. I mean, he's their only guy that can catch. Only guy that can catch. What does he have this year? Like nine? Well, did you see Lefko, the dude from Bleacher Report, retweeted yeah. it? And well, I guess during the broadcast, whoever, you know, the play-by-play guy was like, yeah, Doug told us that they have to really hammer home with Carson – uh, to watch old videos on the offense to to show him where he should be throwing the ball. Someone's like, did everyone catch this today? Like they got. Listen, I, I'm a supporter of Carson Wentz, and it doesn't take 
you know, you don't need to be Don Coriel to realize the talent is immense. One thing I've noticed the last two weeks, and a guy in the league kind of tipped me off to it, he was thinking it because his team played him earlier this year and he was part of the advanced scout, is like he is only throwing fastballs right now. Mm. He has no, like, it's you a little Kaepernick. That fast today. Well, that was a little freaky, but I think that's somewhat of a good example. Kind of like Kaepernick in the sense of that he's swinging, you know, his release is a little windy. It's not like a quick release. So I think he can't, it's just coming out at one speed. I, I don't pretend to be Tom House here or anything. But did you notice, like, because it was one of our games today, he doesn't throw many change-ups, guy. It's no. just fucking BBs. And they, they don't have Jerry Rice, so the ball, he's not that accurate right now. So these guys are having to adjust. And I know everyone's shitting on, like, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Well, on a late pass in, like, the fourth down in that game, he had a quote-unquote drop, but it was, like, behind him. It was going – it was a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. It's like, Carson, you, it, it's a little on you, buddy. But what do you do? How, how do you tell a guy that you've just paid that much money to, like, humble? How do you tell him? It's, it's coaching. I'm not blaming I, them. I'm just saying, like, what do you mean? How do you – whatever you got to do. Apparently showing him old film of Nick Foles isn't well, working. That, that's – of all the I love the idea quote, that Carson's sitting in there watching Foles video. Are you kidding? But it might even just be like Alex Smith video. You know, it's, I don't even know. They didn't say it was specifically Foles, even though. Uh, that, to me, that's the one they already got cut up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Carson, remember when this shit worked for your buddy Foles in the NFC Championship game? We're five and six, and we can't beat a Seattle team that. I don't know. I mean, Seattle's going to win 12, 13. Fuck, guy, they might be the number one overall seed uh, when it's when all the dust settles. I watch them. I go, how are they doing this? I did. I, I thought there, at one point today during the game, I thought, Philly can't win this game in Seattle. And then they zoomed out, and I realized the game was not in Seattle. The game was in Philadelphia. But it just felt like a Seattle home game to me. Not anything crowd-related, but just it just looked – everything looked right. And yeah. Russell – the, the the touchdown that, to me, NFL trick plays rarely get a guy 30 yards open like they do in college. It's really but just to get throw. a guy a step or two, isn't it? it yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. The throw was one of the great throws. Uh, I mean, it's just one of the great. Like, on the highlight reel of 900 Russell throws, the deep ball he th- hit today for the touchdown on the trick play was outrageous. Well, it's basically when you get it on a flea flicker and you're on the plus side of the 50, you can't. Like, you can't overthrow them, right? Because you can throw it out of the end zone. So you have to turn it like you're turning two. It's basically clip up, out. You know, it's not like he kind of gets to set his feet. It, you're right. It was, they ran the trick play just to get a guy slightly open. It wasn't, he wasn't in the end zone waiting on the ball to come. He had to make an incredible catch while the two defenders are flying in. That, that might have been the play of the day, guy. Definitely the throw I, of the day. It definitely was the throw of the day. I mean, in... In my football watching life, my favorite deep throwers are Michael Vick, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Wouldn't you say that no and one? And I'd probably throws... rank Rodgers fourth. Well, yeah. actually, I don't know if I can do that. Well, he's he's the greatest hail mary thrower ever for yeah. sure. And the more you watch hail marys, was there one last night in college? Everyone's shitty at him. Like most guys are shitty at him because you're just there's no touch on it. Russell's touch on the deep ball, he gets it so high, like a bomb, and then it just drops, you know? It's 
it's his greatest strength, and he's got many strengths. He's fucking elite. He, he did. Uh, did you see the pass he missed Hollister on the touchdown? That's where you know I, I'm going to give Wentz a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I do think it was flying wind down there, so you try to do yeah. a touch and it kind of carries it. Or do you think that was just a bad throw? Well, I think it was probably both. But I, Hollister's reaction was just like, for a second, Hollister reacted like Matt Flynn was his quarterback, and then he realized, like, oh, I can't show Russell Wilson up. All good. Get, get you next time. Um, yeah. This is the part of the year with the wind. I mean, we saw it in the Cowboys, Cowboys-Patriots game where the wind is just crazy. It's what do you think everybody. the chances are you could tell me any facts about Jacob Hollister? Jacob Hollister, John. I know none. From, I, just, I just had to yeah. Google him. So Jacob Hollister from Delaware uh, played his college football at uh, uh, Wisconsin-Milwaukee, uh, was an undrafted uh, free agent signed by the Seahawks. And uh, you're just way off on your side of the country, but I, I do think you have the kind of write-up on this human kind where's of Where's he from? Where's he from? He, he's from Bend, Oregon. Okay. He Basically more than like he he was a walk on at Wyoming. Okay. He was an undrafted free agent to Belichick. Oh God, I should have known that. And how did he make it on Seattle? Oh, because this off season they traded a seventh round pick for him. Okay. So he just fantastic. So Bill got a classic, seventh round pick out of that guy. Yeah, just oh yeah, just turn and then do what Bill would say. Well, I turned an undrafted free agent, and we gave seven thousand dollars and do for seven round pick. It's winning, and only him and Pete like him. Like, why are Pete and why are the why are Seattle and New England on Jacob Hollister guy? What, what, why would the why would a team like right. the Redskins never like? Do you think yes, there was a conversation like the Redskins or Tampa? Like, we got to get Jacob Hollister. No, and I'll tell you why. Because Jacob Hollister does nothing for those teams. Jacob Hollister only works if your quarterback is uber talented. How many times have you watched Seattle the last five weeks and you go, this guy's fucking good, Jacob Hollister. Right. Yeah, well, he plays with – yeah, I just – Didn't he have the catch on the loopy thing in the Monday night game? Yeah, against his helmet. Right. (laughs) But Jacob Hollister for the the Dolphins is not catching anybody's eye. Except Except Belichick's, and and then he would acquire him. That's right. You watched the Wyoming game. He was watching the – the Josh Allen film, Wyoming. It was like, give me this. How about Hollister? Well, sometimes like when it's like uh, 9.30 at night on Saturday night, and I'm like, you know what? I've been watching football since 9, and on a day where, you know, I really haven't watched any games that impact my life or that I'm even going to talk about. I'm just doing this for fun, you know? Should I turn this CBS-Wyoming-Boise game off? Because I don't even care about it. And a lot of times I will now. Let's go to bed. Bill or Nick Casario or Schneider, they are 100 per million percent watching that game, right? 100%. Because I think yep. what I think separates guys in the NFL, as crazy as it sounds, is just laziness. Like, would you spend up, would you watch the second half of that game if you were a scout? Like, a lot of guys won't. They're like, I'll just watch it later. Because if you watch and it real time and make a it. live note to you, you might notice something. You might hear the, you might also hear the, an underrated part about watching a game too. You might get a nugget or two from the fucking play-by-play guy. The, the play-by-play guy is a big deal. You guys, uh, you hear that? Your house on fire? A little smoke. What little are you guys making? Late late night meal. What are you guys eating? Salmon. 
Huh? Oh, you're going healthy. Crack the windows. It was open. You go help. Are you guys going to die of uh, backdraft Smoke style? Smoke There we go. Good job. Oh, they put, in a, new, to, uh, uh, they put a new one in. Uh, what would you think of Justin Herbert's performance? Not good, John. Really bad. I mean, really terrible performance by the Oregon Ducks. Now, we talked about it. I think I said it here. I've said it all year. Um, they were definitely more at risk than – I mean, they were, the, they were at so, somewhat of at risk. And I said this a lot last week. I trust I got to I've gotten to the point I got to the point last week where I just trust Utah more than them like that I thought Utah would beat Oregon and I they got a legit identity because they got a legit identity they just yeah they just to me their floor is so much I Oregon's ceiling is higher but their floor is lower and I've gotten to the point where I don't even I'm not as sure that their ceiling is higher um I still thought it was but their floor was clearly lower clearly lower than Utah's and ASU only plays in close football games. I mean, that that performance by Jaden Daniels, that true freshman quarterback, to hit the third and 18, they go hit the deep bomb. It was incredible. Wasn't that place just sweet? God. You know what it hit me last night? Was sitting down. You know, it's kind of getting dark because it gets dark earlier. It's cool to have this program kind of relevant. Like, just the vibe in Tempe. Just yeah. It's just a cool place. The jerseys look sweet. And then you watch their players – and you're like number two. I, I don't know how to say his name. That guy. Brandon no Ayuk. one was talking. Yeah, no one was talking about that guy coming into the season. Partly because he was Nikhil's right hand guy. He has pretty well established himself as a fringe first round pick now. Then they got how old's Darby? Is that guy drafted eligible? He's a senior. Uh, he's a senior. I mean, fuck. And how old is uh? Is it Washington? What's who's number ten? Number ten. Kyle Williams. Play. Kyle Williams. But I googled yeah. and I like he's a because senior. the other Kyle Williams. You know, Kenny's son also went to Arizona State. So I was like, is this the same? Am I getting flashbacks? Remember the guy that dropped the punt for the Niners? This guy, this Kyle Williams like a pre-med student. But he's also kind of built like a tank, breaking tackles. Like, they got fucking three NFL receivers. One guy's going to go in the first round. I'd imagine Darby's going to get drafted. And then they got Eno, who I guess third, fourth round. There was a play where Oregon blitzes, and the dude kind of tries to jump him. And Eno's already small anyway. And it was like, okay, motherfucker. Takes out his legs and the dude just does somersaults. And then Jaden throws a strike. Like, I love this squad. Yeah. That was it's awesome. It's a shame they're like six and five. You know what was cool, too? It was like when Oregon's losing, it didn't I'm quite feel like an LSU or Ohio State was going down. So it was kind of easy to root for Arizona State, I found myself. I didn't feel like, because everyone's yourself. like, this sucks for the Pac-12. Yeah, kind of. Honestly, Oregon, if they had to play Ohio State in well, round one, it could be really, really ugly. That's the right? key. Is like if that, yeah, but it might not. That's the thing. Is like I'm not sure. I think they would have. I think they would have been able to hang because Herbert did flip a switch late in the game. You're like, God, he doesn't look that bad. And and they lost. You know, Micah Pittman was hurt. I don't know if he would have come back, but uh, broke his arm last week. But that's not um, the brother. Of the I, other I think dude, it. Is yeah, it? it's Michael's brother. But I do think you could definitely argue, right? Like, hey, you guys. If that's who you are, then it's better off that you don't make it to the CFP and get embarrassed. But I, I, I think they could have hung in that game. But that as a separate issue, ASU is pretty awesome. Utah got announced; their game is going to be on ABC this week. This week, 
Yeah, which I don't know. I was asking somebody, has Utah ever hosted a game on ABC? But that's a pretty sweet environment. That's another, you've called games there, another place that late in the season, in the dark, I flip on Fox Sports 1 watching Colorado-Washington. I'm like, this just looks sweet on television. And I tweeted today when Nikhil Harry had, yeah, Boulder, when had the touchdown, like, listen, I I know there ain't a soul besides some draft Knicks and NFL people that have watched Nikhil Harry play. Don't even pretend you have because you haven't. Like a lot of our games that just happen later at night, like just us, they're just, I, I kind of like having that sense of community. I do. Like o- o- only, you know, Haberman, Middlecoff, and then all the West coast football people are watching Colorado, Washington at night. Like there's no one in New York is unless, unless you're at a bar or something, maybe the game's on in the background. Did, did Washington lose that game? Washington lost to Colorado. Well, my takeaway, I don't know how much of that game you watched. The quarterback is just not that good. He's slow-footed. He's a slow thinker. Everything's just slow with him, guy. Yeah, What's they're, they're, that, they're lacking. That went from like a three, two months ago, whatever, they, when they were playing. After like their SC. BYU game. Before remember, the SC game. Or the, B, the BYU game. remember getting a text from Cowery, like, ah, this guy, first rounder. And you're watching him like, that. Well, I was tweeting out sweet. videos. I was like, oh. <laughs> he, guy, I he watched looks, the tape. He's a little... You know, Fresno people who follow me, like a brand stater, looks the part, should be good, but just, ugh, it's just not there, right? Uh, real quick, let's just rattle through here, like 30 seconds on a few of these. Pats Cowboys, 13 to 9. This is this fits right into your theory that NFL scores are unreliable. W- was that not just an ass whooping? Yeah, nothing about that game felt close. Nothing. Belichick. It's like, how can Belichick fuck with people? And you'd be like, well, he's done everything imaginable. And he always finds something new to... Guy, he didn't put a punt returner back today. He just kept fucking with them. He blocked a punt. They took a delay a game. They had no clue what was happening. And it's, you know, it's like, well, Belichick especially... No, it's Bill's idea. That's the other thing. It's like, maybe his assistant... No, it's Bill's idea. Meanwhile, the Cowboys... That's what I always and, think. Yeah, Aikman made the call on one of the kickoffs. Like, they, they need to have their returner up there at... The ten yard line, or this could when get he's ugly. kicking the little poocher well, into the wind. Well, he's like, "This is into the what wind." What are they this doing? Problem. I don't know. Uh, Falcons. I I put them on the list of games that'll be tough for the 49ers. Who knows? They got beat today by Jameis and the Bucks. Don't sleep on Jameis and the Bucks, though. Like, much they, needs to be said about that. They're kind of a weird team, though, right? Jameis and the Bucks. Yeah, they are. Trubisky, chance to get to six and six next week. Yeah, I got no takes there. Okay. Trubisky Kyle Allen, the quarterback of the Panthers next year? Uh, Yeah, I'd say, I'd say like 75-25 he is. Seahawks are 9-2. and two. It's remarkable. The, the Dolphins... I got no takes on the Dolphins. <laughs> Even though right. I, every time Fitzpatrick comes up on my red zone TV, I find myself rooting for him. Don't you? Isn't Ryan Fitzpatrick one of the easiest guys just like, I hope this guy does a good play. I often say that. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, Rams-Ravens, Sunday night football. Monday Monday night night. football, sorry. Monday night football. Uh, Baltimore favored by three and a half on the road. Wouldn't mind seeing the Rams win. Just to keep keep the NFC West interesting? Yeah, just keep McVay kind of in our uh, vernacular. I'm with you. You know, I, I don't like. I'm not one of those guys that like. Well, I just I don't have an issue with the Rams. I I, I hate the Lakers. Don't really care about the Dodgers, but I, I I actually kind of enjoy the Rams. 
But I like I like, last, I like Jared Goff. Last thirty seconds here, John, before we before we send this out to the people. I don't know how much of the article from Kevin Arnovitz you read about Jeff David, the guy that took thirteen million dollars from the Sacramento Kings as an executive. Guy read the whole but, fucking thing. It's like one of the, my favorite articles I've ever read. One of the best parts to me early in the article, it goes through it says everything he did, and then it said one commonality is nobody knows why he did it. And I'm like, well, I know why he did it. Why he was he making it? good money. He wanted more money. With the reason a lot of people do a lot of crazy things. Greed. He wanted more money. But I, but I think the craziest part is when you steal in a situation like that, the way, it, once you read the article, you understand. It was like basically he stole from the payments that the naming rights was going to give. Eventually, right. Golden One would have changed their payments. He had been hired by Pat Riley in the Miami Heat. They would go, Crazy. where's our missing money? And they would go, well, here is our new contract that we did with you know whatever that guy's name was. We don't owe you that money. Like he, it was inevitable, guy. He was going to get caught. Inevitable. Crazy. Because guy, I, I was thinking about this. When I get a weird payment, unless he kept his ad, job. But even then, they don't pay him. They pay the Kings. He was fucked. He was fucked the moment he took the money, guy. Because, because I know this. When I get a payment, just use a round number like a thousand dollars. If I don't know where the money comes from, and it's for this podcast. I like look at the number. I try to call someone because sometimes you get a payment and you don't know where it comes from, and that's just right. money to me. Let alone if I'm missing money, I always call the person. I, can you imagine you're missing thirteen point three million dollars? And it really, it was thirteen million because the thirty was money that he had stolen for like innocuous little like around the arena. How how often do you think that happens just around pro sports right now with guys like him? You think that's prevalent or just random? I don't know. I don't know. I got to think it's pretty hard just because there's so many levels well, of, the, of oversight and layers of people that are involved. In, but part of the deal was he just had kind of total autonomy. Well, I love that he's like, you know, just I wanted to get into flipping properties, the beach homes. No, you just bought a sweet beach home that you took your family to. Let's just call it what it is. You wanted to be a big baller. Exactly. That's, what, that, that's where it. I go back. Why did he do it? Because that's he wanted more money. Period. Was your takeaway that before we end on this? It, it was a great. I mean, I'm, I'd recommend that. That's it's a great article. That it's not like everyone's like, I can't believe the Kings had this guy under their watchful eye. Like, I don't blame the Kings really at all. It's really more of a reflection on Golden One. And even the, some NBA people are like, Yeah, you know, this probably wouldn't happen with Bank of America. But when you do, like, kind of get a little guy, mm-hmm. and this guy's just the point guy. And you also realize, having known people that have been stolen from, and obviously read a million articles about this happening, once your numbers get so high, like at the end of the day, $13 million to the overall Kings operation, you know, it's just, it's it's not as much as it sounds when you and I say it, or just anyone says it, right? I think money that's being stolen in America for companies is probably just a lot more prevalent than we think. And I'm not on that scale, but just people just kind of... Skimming a little here and there. Yeah, I, I think it would be pretty easy and much safer for kind of people to do it like the thirty to $50,000 range. Once you get to the millions, it, it's going to come up on lines. But I think you can fudge something like, you know, you take like 30 extra for yourself and you say, actually, the payment was this. When you're talking about a payment every year of like $2 million and you take 13000 
people might not notice when you kind of give some stupid explanation. Right. Now, when you take five million dollars of their literal of their payment, that that was my my whole takeaway was how did this guy think he was going to get away with it? Do you think he'd not even thought that far, or did he even care? I don't know. I don't, or he just thought like I, I'm uh I'm I'll be the one that. Like, I'm the only one that can catch it? I don't know. I don't know. But once you go down the rabbit hole of a number, at, uh, two direct deposits of 9 and $4 million, you're pretty fucking far down that rabbit hole, right? Yeah. How do you Crazy. sleep well at night? I don't uh, know. That's what Mike... I don't, how do you sleep knowing that you didn't sleep to begin with? To Maybe you didn't. But that's probably why you keep doing it. You, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think the Heat's reaction were when they're like, yeah, this guy is actually not going to come work for you? Well, there was definitely somebody at the office like, I knew that guy was weird, man. I told you guys that guy was weird. That's my favorite person right now who's just like, I I knew he was weird. Like the whole time, like all the thing about how he loves hugging people and money making Mondays. The guy who always was like, I thought thought of you when that was his quote. Oh, thank (laughs) you. To start a meeting. Money making Monday. And then he'd do a little rap song like to like about the company. Oh. Like Golden One, all about fun. Let's do it. <laughs> God. I, I would have hated that guy if he was in my office. Hated him. All right. On that note, peace. Adios, Pelota. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.